I've worked with um, different locations and groups at areas of, uh, let's say, phenomena. And these have been areas that the government has been involved in. Mm-hmm. And stuff happens that um, you really can't even put into conventional physics. Yeah. That there's something, there's a, a bunch, several new levels of physics that we just haven't completely understood yet. And there's also a very strong indication that the human mind interacts with our universe in ways that we <clears throat> had no freaking idea That's right. was possible. And not just the human mind or consciousness, but all life forms interact with this universe in ways, you know, it's not a static, stagnant universe and we're separate. No. We're intimately involved like a tapestry. Welcome to Far Out with Faust, everybody. I am Faust Chicho, in case you didn't know. And today I'm back with Buddy Bolton. If you missed our first podcast, my God, go back and watch it right now. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of these awesome podcasts that I have with incredible people like Buddy Bolton. Let me tell you why Buddy's incredible. He's a professional practitioner with well-documented psychic and remote viewing abilities. He's been utilized by some of the top scientists at a variety of institutions, aerospace companies, and research groups across the country. He's also been called in to investigate some of the most notorious hotbeds of paranormal and unexplained phenomena in this country in recent years. And so when he's not making content for his YouTube channel, which is called Alien Protocols, he's volunteering with the homeless and helping out his community in the Bronx. He's a fellow New Yorker. Buddy. Thanks for beaming in again, brother. It's great to have you back so soon. I'm so glad we picked up where we left off. Hey, man. Recording is being. <laughs> recording in progress. That's right. How you doing, Bob? Nice to good, see you. Good, buddy. How about you? Good, good. How's your weekend been? It's been good, man. Been good. I've just been hanging out with my kids, doing the the parenting thing. Is You know, weekends get to make up for the week when they're stuck in school. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's a blessing. A huge yeah. blessing. The little people are what it's all about, you know. It's like yeah. your t-shirt said the last time, you know, it's love, easy love, to love. get distracted with, you know, this and that and thinking this is important or that's important or chasing this is important or, you know, but ultimately that's really what it's all about. That's right. It always comes down to that. I think, you know, it's, and it's, uh, it's always a good reminder. And it wins the day, you know what I'm saying? It's like that that oh, saying. It wins. It does. It wins. It wins. And even with this stuff, is my camera sideways for you? No. Why is it not <laughs> there? Oh wait, they got a. There we okay. go. Yeah. Um, even with this stuff, it is a key to all of the different esoteric arts. Love is empathy, and empathy is resonance, and resonance is making that you know tuning for connection across you know, previous barriers that could not be accessed any other way. And that's where, you know, the remote viewing ESP information comes from. And then that connection is the same one where psychokinesis comes from and connections to everything from uh, beings from beyond. We're not even sure where they're from to uh, everything else. No, it's so true. You know, and I, and you know, in, in a profound way, and there's always 
it's it just boggles my mind but at the same time it's always a source of wonder for me you know i i i read somewhere that everything boils down to love even even the most the, the most heinous act in in its purest essence as much as we perceive it as evil and the opposite of love is is boiled down at its core done out of some kind of twisted love you know whether yeah. it be yeah. this notion that you're you know you're saving the world i mean and it's, and it's so crazy but it's you know something about that resonates with me um in such a profound way and i i think that it when it comes down to it even the most heinous shit and it's easy for us on this planet to look and say well you know that's just crazy but it's not crazy because when you really think about it the opposite of love is not hate it's apathy it's nothingness and hate is actually a very intense connected it's a twisted love like you said it's it's like a poisoned love and at the same time those who didn't get the good love growing up you know it's the classic thing those who uh, were abused abuse yeah. those who were loved love and you know it, it sounds corny and to those who it's easy to make fun of you know people like us who have this very fermented evolved crystallized philosophy where we know this is the fact but yeah. you know it's easy to make fun of like oh everything. You know? <laughs> but the reality is that's the truth and it, and it, it does win you know um yeah. especially in the esoteric arts if someone has is you know into the esoteric and has a, a malign spirit and wants to do malign things, you can always defeat it with, you know, just love. That's right. And, uh, Literally, it, you know, it's kind of powerless in the face of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so true, man. It's uh, not to be underestimated. It, it is, uh, in my humble opinion, the most powerful force in the universe. You know, it is. Because that. think about it too. It's very easy to be destructive. You know, in, in a universe that's given towards entropy, that's given towards chaos, it's very easy to destroy, to kill, to smash, to, to you know, but to create takes vision and talent mm-hmm. and love. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't take any vision or talent or intelligence to, uh, you know, create. No, um, it doesn't. And, you know, you know what I tell people and I and I get them with this every time and I, even, the, you know, some of the hardest, most jaded kind of, I don't want to say miserable, but, you know, people who have a lot of unexpressed anger and grief beneath that, you know, I say to them, I was like, look, you know, you, you, you can claim to be as hard as you want and as uncaring as you want, but I know you well enough, you know, to know that if you were walking down the street right now and there was a car coming and there was a kid in trouble that you wouldn't think twice about saving that kid you if if it was if darwin was and we don't get me wrong darwin was incredible but if darwin was truly right and we and we didn't just take this notion of survival of the fittest and and use it like bird shit everywhere for our own justification but if he was really right with that statement then the person your first instinct without a thought would not be to save that person it would be for self-preservation right i mean and and the first thought the first instinct undoubtedly i think for almost any human being is to save that person i don't care if it's a child if it's an old if it's an somebody your age you know you 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 think about them 
And that's the first thought. And that's without, you know, um, any kind of mental interference, you know. And that comes back to when they were a child, you know, and they got love from their parent. They're like, oh, you know, you get all those little things come back in a circle. And I've seen, I remember seeing this big, huge, badass, tough looking dude on the bus. I mean, he had tattoos up and down his arm and piercings. And he just looked like the nastiest dude you'd ever want to have in, in, as your cellmate in a jail yeah. cell when you walk in for the first time. And he sits down next to this little tiny girl, which was his girlfriend. And she's like, to him. He's like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. And his love just totally, his love for her just totally diminished all of his strength into like pudding. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point in this conversation, I do want to tell you a couple of just more extreme things that I can't quite say on air. Oh yeah, totally. We're going to get into that. I want, you know, I have a bunch of questions for you based on, where our conversation went last time. And, and, you know, just, I, I know that there are some things you can't get into and yeah. some things that, you know, um, defy a lot of explanation uh, because they're, they're inherently intuitive. And, but, um, but I thought, you know, it would be awesome for, you know, for me and, and I, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, um, a lot of my listeners are curious about some, about some of the different things that you've observed and experienced. And sure, you know, dive in, man. Dive in. You know. Let's do it. Um, you know, and like one of the things I I've always been fascinated with is is kind of, um, is you know telekinesis or what do they call it? What's the other word for it? Uh, psychokinesis. You know, and I've I've read a lot about you know ancient. Tao Kung Fu masters and, and, you know, some of the, the training that, that, you know, all the levels that they had to go through and, you know, all the meditation that they, that they had to do. And it, it just, it blows my mind. And then, and then to be able to begin to move that energy, externalize it in a way where they can apply pressure to a physical object. I mean, we've been talking about how we can affect the objects in the physical we talked about a little bit about um i mean i've been talking about you know the the molecules of water and how you know whether you're the way you talk to dr emoto's work with water and how, you know i explained this to my 10 year old and he's blown he, he loves it he's blown away by it but um how we can affect things in physical matter but this is something that's that's a little more extreme obviously and there's very few people who can do it on a consistent basis in a very pronounced way, especially under the pressure, especially, you know, with under scientific scrutiny um, on camera and with people. Mm -hmm. And part of me thinks, oh, yeah, it has to come from a lot of the training and the years of very deep meditation I've done and work. But at the same time, it doesn't. I've had a I used to have camp at a place called Galileo Park over here in the Bronx, which is a very special, magical little park dedicated to Galileo where it's laid out like the solar system. And it has all the, the uh, planets. Kids can play on the giant planets. And um, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. And the head of an aerospace company um, who ha I've worked with before and has, knows about uh, these abilities and so forth and has seen, witnessed a variety of very uh, extreme things, brought a bunch of his scientists down. And so for a weekend, about five or six of them. And the first day we concentrated on remote viewing and um, the basic ESP aspects, all the things that build up to that and help you get accuracy in that arena. And then the second day was psychokinesis. And this even goes back to, they used to have, you know, the spoon and metal bending parties, you know, 20 years ago. And um, one of the guys 
it's the very first time ever trying bent these screwdrivers. I mean, went and got the screwdrivers at the you know the hardware store, and there are long screwdrivers like this. And we do a thing called no touch metal bending because that way there's no right. presumption of trickery. You can only <laughs> the touch the handle. Yeah, you don't touch the metal at all. And um, there are listeners who can do this as well too. And I learned about the you know I got inspired by a guy named uh, Jean Paul Girard out of France, who was a um, metal bender as well. And he'd been tested and had laboratory equipment, like a pressure gauge where he, yeah. he didn't touch it either. And he put his hands over it and the numbers are going. And he was able to induce pressure into the pressure gauge. He'd be a lifesaver at the airport when you overpack. Right. Just under Go ahead. He, he was able to do it again and again. He did it on camera and he was better at it when he was younger. As he got older, he kind of lost a lot of the ability to do it. But I think a lot of that would, when people lose the ability, it has to do with, you know, veering yeah. off the path of virtue a little bit in my mind. But uh, anyway, this young scientist bent him. And I've had several times where there's an article in that Marine Seberg uh, did about me where I met her and this professor. And I was just trying to demonstrate the technique, not trying to do it, just saying, this is how you do it. And mm -hmm. it started bending hmm. and it bent, bent, bent. And then when, you know, I handed it to uh, her, it was still bending. Wow. And uh, that happened. There's a video on my channel too, where the same thing happened. I was just trying to demonstrate it to this guy named Gyro and uh, it started bending and it continued to bend even afterwards. And when I handed it to wow. him, it continued to bend and you could compare it to the other screwdrivers that were flat and like, what the, what the F, how does this work? And I can't, I don't know for certain how it works. I use different techniques in my mind and yeah. I encourage, you know, participants to use different techniques. But what Jean-Paul Girard said that really inspired me was, you know, a lot of people quit after five minutes and never try it again. Others will, will maybe try for 10 minutes, you know, like maybe 10% will try after 10 minutes, but almost none will keep going for an hour until it bends. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the first couple of times it takes a long time for it to happen. And you have to have the patience. Yeah. And so with that in mind, the first time, you know, I had to try all these things for the first time at some point I did. And, uh, it started to bend and I felt this, fl this flush come over my whole body when it started to happen. Mm. I, if I was reacting to it happening or if that was part of the process or what, but I, to, to break it down into specifics, I use a bunch of different techniques mm -hmm. and some of the techniques are imagining the smallest particles inside of it that I can possibly think of mm -hmm. and heating them up, agitating them, making the molecules move, 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 move until it becomes weaker and weaker and more and more and more pliable. Mm -hmm. I use techniques like I am absolutely certain in the future it has bent. I'm yeah. completely certain in the future it has been. So in the now, it must leap into action. Right. Uh, I use other times of visualizing it. Visualizing mm -hmm. it, seeing it in my mind, bend, seeing it in my mind, bend, 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 bend. Other times, saying the words out loud. The power of word is very powerful. Bend, bend. And the bending parties, they used to do that. And that was a very successful aspect of the techniques in those days. Mm -hmm. um, and there's literally like 10 of these different... Um, and sometimes I think like, you can, you know, you can, 
you know, you, you, if you're in a ses- session, you know, like one of the things that I'm guilty of also with, with this, with the metal bending is, is kind of not giving up, but like, I still have my spoons right here and I do, I do plan to go back to them, but, um, you know, playing, playing with them and then kind of putting them aside too soon and, and knowing that I I'm going to come back to this, but, uh, but, but, you know, one of the, one of the ways that you could, you know, you, if you're going to do it for a half hour, you can, you can begin to see, play with all of these things because you don't yeah. know what's going to, what's going to work, you know, what's going to click for you. And that same thing. Uh, thing of having multiple different techniques and not really knowing different times it seems to respond to different things i'll use the same techniques for psychokinesis on uh when i went to las vegas with dr dallenberger and tried to affect slot machines and when i was uh invited to this lab in huntsville alabama to affect these different machines the first machine um i mean there's a bunch of scientists watching and people from some pretty big well-known groups and organizations and aerospace companies and uh, the first machine was uh, an electrostatic detector and this Hmm. room was shielded and and all this stuff and for the first like 15 minutes nothing was happening and this was the first machine and i was starting to get a little bit yeah i bet i bet and one one of the scientists says oh you want to quit now and just that little bit of you know sarcasm or skepticism did something and in like 30 seconds from then it started moving and started moving and it was in the possible range of maybe that's a fluke. And then it was, Oh, okay. That's, that's not a fluke. Whoa. Okay. That's way off the charts. Right. And then all the, the, the other, there was a um, shielded compass. You can see on my channel too, of me affecting the shield and compass. And um, you know, those t- machines too, and anything like that, especially with um, psionics, uh, telekinesis, mm-hmm. psychokinetics, it's, um, going you go through a series of techniques there's not one that's that's the universal one that always works and it's kind of the same thing is true with ce5 even i've been asked many times to do um you know summoning for others or you know myself or other people with me um and i've had a lot of success with that there's a a uh, disability attorney who's just an amazing guy who has regular ce5 events at his ranch oh cool and I, he was saying he was having it this one specific night and I had my CE5 group up in upstate uh, New York at the farm. And, uh, I got this like vision and the vision was when the exact time it was going to happen for him, what he was going to see. And so I drew down on a sheet of paper, two events, the exact times, what the events would be like, what they would appear like. And then I drew a picture of the Vista. I'd never seen, you know, I'd only spoken to this gentleman for maybe like a week, mm-hmm. a couple of times. So I didn't know what his you know, ranch looked like. I drew a picture of the background, you know, what the direction they were looking and the times. <clears throat> and he does a wonderful recording on my channel and he has one on his um, about uh, how it was crazy accurate. Yeah. And a bunch of other witnesses saying, yeah, it happened exactly as buddy said and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I can't say for certain what technique it is. Yeah. With that one, it was more like um, a gestalt. And a gestalt is when you, you know, you silence your conscious mind and yeah. you let information come from your subconscious. <clears throat> so I was in a, doing a lot of different types of meditation mm-hmm. and especially um, meditation with impediments, sounds and 
in scary places. Yeah. You're trying to meditate in a place that's scary to you, <laughs> like in the woods yeah. at night when it's dark. It, and being able to get to that place of complete nothingness is um, another challenge to your wow, ability yeah. to get to nothingness. Um, but also sounds. Um, sounds, I meditate by the river. Yeah. There's this beautiful flat rock. And the sounds get loud and you'll hear birds and you'll hear all the, the wildlife. And yeah. you can still get to complete nothingness and have everything disappear, even in such a beautiful location as that. It's a real challenge. And I highly recommend nothingness meditations, meditations where you focus on nothingness. Yeah. And it's not easy for everyone. No, it's, it's not. not. And it wasn't easy for me. And, you know, I'm ADD and me too. Every, yeah. Every other uh, ADHD, every other <laughs> acronym you want to put together. Yeah. And uh, so I started really small with it. And my suggestion for people is to start really small. Start with the black background, the red dot. Then, you know, the first session, I try to get rid of the red dot. Yeah. Then the next session, try to get rid of the red dot. And then if you can, try to get rid of the black background. Yeah. So so I want to say for, for everyone listening who is like, wait, CE what? CE5? So CE5, if you don't if you don't know, if you if you're a subscriber of the channel, and by the way, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe to this channel. What are you doing? Subscribe subscribe hit that alert button um but if, if if you're just if you're new to this channel new to this kind of work ce5 is stands for uh close encounters of the fifth kind and and it is a an, an acronym for a human initiated uh contact with ufo or or whatever whatever acronym you want to call uh a, a a spacecraft, whether it's physical or or not, but it's contact. It's 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 a contact event, and um and it's done through meditation and and its its core lies in in the coherence that a heart and mind can produce, and the strength of that signal and its capacity to, you know, transcend space and time through the cosmos um and and connect, and so it's a wonderfully uh, effective and proven way for, you know, you who's watching and listening at home to, you know, settle for yourself once and for all, get, get, you know, go out with some friends. You can, you can find they have meditations that are guided that you could, you could do, or you could just try to go out with friends. And, you know, this is an incredible uh, success rate on these meditations. If you go out and your intention is pure um, and, and you just lose yourself in the act and not like, come on, where are they? <laughs> not get into this, uh, hold expecting and result orientated mind frame. You know, you have a wonderful chance of seeing a UFO and, and knowing that you are the one that called and said, hello, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling. Um, and oftentimes just, it's not just yeah. a UFO. It can be a variety of different types of yeah. phenomena. You know, we don't know if it's really and be frank, sometimes it seems definite like it's uh, some sort yeah. of non-human, non-Earth intelligence. <clears throat> but other times it could be something that I don't rule totally. it out that is created by the participants. Yeah. And you talk oh, yeah. about coherence. You know, if you have multiple people who are in the same space mentally, that seems to increase the chances of it. Mm -hmm. So if you have five people who are of like minds, who believe in the possibility of this kind of contact who um you know belief is such a powerful powerful aspect of this stuff. huge um 
And they did a, I'm forgetting the name of it. There's a group in Canada that did this uh, series of experiments where they wanted to create a ghost, hmm. create the name of a ghost and have seances and see if they could produce phenomena. Wow. Because they're seeing real phenomena was happening. They determined from a bunch of different events that real phenomena was happening. Maybe to find out if, if it's being created by the people, let's create a ghost. Wow. And they did. And the first, like, you know, I can't remember. I'm just going to state a number like, you know, 20 or 30 times. It didn't work. Hmm. But then all of a sudden, boom, it started working. And they had the strangest, most bizarre phenomenon wow. tied down to this fake ghost. And that makes you believe that this is a much more uh, deeply interactive phenomena with your mind and your consciousness yeah. and your subconsciousness than we might even think possible. The, 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 question, the, the question I have is, was the ghost fake? Was what, or did they not realize that they were tuning into this this entity um, that is going to respond to this, uh, you know, identity or or you know that they that they cued in on? Because what is you know, I mean, like, did they create it, or or was it was it just did they happen to tune into something that was there that they thought they created that's my question because it also could have been um, yeah. precognition <clears throat> they could yeah. have suddenly known that one would be available if we believed in it long enough and it will show itself up after six months or whatever yeah and um, there's some there's a big debate amongst a lot of the scientists who've gotten very deep into this stuff whether it's precognition esp or psychokinesis yeah um all those things you know <clears throat> uh i might know something's going to you know bend but am i knowing it's am i bending it or do i know right. that it might just has this weird chance to bend in the future or you know there's it's, yeah the, you could argue you could you could go back and forth with it all day it's and it's it's crazy because i'm i'm always the more i i learn you know the more i realize that most of the time things have aspects of all those answers you know it's it's like it's not just one it's this crazy tapestry of, of, of different things that, you know, and that's why it's like, you know, people want to argue all day. And especially in this country, we want to make things right or wrong, black or white. And we want to say that they're good or bad. And, and, the, you know, their, their nuance has been destroyed, uh, especially yep. recently, it feels like, and it's like the, things are so much more on the spectrum of colors they're than this you know they this really craziness <laughs> a friend approached me and said um my friend's daughter is missing will you try to help and i said sure so the guy came over and um i got a vibe of what happened his daughter had connected with someone on the internet and i heard nothing except for the kid's name and that she had gone to go see this guy and that she would be back within like two hours um and but I'll try to bring her back in my mind, you know, I'll try and, you know, right. back to consciousness and say, come back, come back home. Your family's worried about you. And um, so he was like, oh, thanks. Thank you. you know, I appreciate it so much. And, you know, about six hours later, he calls and he's like, oh, my God, she came back. She came back within two hours. And, yeah. I can't thank you after that. and you wonder, well, did I just see right. the future that she was going to come back anyway? Was I able to influence her coming back or who yeah. was freaking what? who knows but um, is it both <laughs> is it both yeah. you know who who knows uh, i could have just been really lucky 
and had none of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I've been called about several about missing people before um, this past few weeks, a, a few different cases. One is a kid in Hampton, uh, Virginia named Cody Banks. Um, mm. oh, excuse me, Cody Bigsby. And uh, I was reached out and just told the kid's name and the location. And I, um, and when they, someone calls up about a missing kid, that's like, yeah, it's that's... really serious. And it's really their sense of responsibility. I don't want to waste any of the investigators time. Yeah. I don't want to add to the, uh, emotional, you know, trauma of these kind of events. And I've got a whole bunch of different information <clears throat> and I sent it in in the case. Um, I found out more about it from speaking to a detective involved and that I had a lot of the information accurate and information that wasn't in the media hmm. and um, that the kid uh, had been, you know, killed by the father hmm. and that the father was in jail already. And the father was in jail for like um, um, child, uh, I forget the, the specific charges, but he was in jail for several charges, not related to specifically murder, but um, uh, not child endangerment and all that. Right. Kind of. And so when I did that viewing, it was very debilitating because I was sensing and experiencing and feeling all sorts of terrible, terrible yeah. things and feelings and sensations. And uh, I was asked to try again about a week ago and I went back in and it's, it's debilitating, you know, cause yeah. I'm a caring and loving person. I, I want all these kind of situations to end up in the best way possible, right. but it's not always the case. And it's not going to prevent me in the future from trying to help cases. Right. Um, the specific bottom line with this case, I'll just say it, it hasn't been resolved now. So if they find the child where I, I say, it would yeah. just be validation of it. I had a vision that the father um, had killed the child much earlier than he reported the child missing. They killed the child early part of January, early to mm. mid January. And he only reported it at the end of January or the beginning of February. Yeah. And that he had gotten upset at the child and the child was crying and screaming. And the father just has anger control issues. And so he hit the child, the child um, screamed more. And I just remember hearing the father saying, stop crying. And he sm ended up smothering the child. Oh my God. Yeah. Horrible. And then he put the child, wrapped the child in um, bedding and uh, sheets. Yeah. And then put a, put the child in black construction bag and put the child in the trunk of his car, backed up the car to the, the house there, trunk first, put the child in the trunk, then went through there's woods right next to the house. And he went through the woods looking for a spot, but it was too cold and it was too, you know, he felt didn't feel that yeah. was a good spot. He was he's by like this water area, and he went by the water area. And I, in my mind, I see feeling and sensing all these different things. And then he decided that he was going to put the child, excuse <coughs> me, in a dumpster. Ah. And so he ended up putting the child in a dumpster, and the garbage took him away. And so the child would be at the dump, just trying to go back to find when the garbage from that area, yeah, from that dumpster. When and also the, try to figure out when he when he would have done it. Yeah, that's a well, yeah. It's it's, it's a very that, difficult search now. Um, so they yeah. may or may not find the child now because some of those um, dumps are really huge. 
Yeah. It's very difficult to find bodies, especially since, and this was just in a black bag too. Yeah. It was like a black heavy contractor's bag. And the father also took the rest of the bedding that matched the bedding yeah. and destroyed it, got rid of it because he thought if the child was ever found then they matched the bedding right. to the room that he has at the house and all these different aspects and so who usually who usually calls you buddy is it i mean do you do you often get calls from uh investigators or even police departments or is it usually more a family member um i both 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 i've helped um and i mentioned this on my channel i probably shouldn't say it too much maybe we'll just bleep out this portion but uh, sure. recently i did a case for the oh wow okay <clears throat> yeah and um it started with a relationship with someone who was involved in that group about mm -hmm. three years ago. And I helped with um, determining where there are three different locations that are trying to determine where a stash of guns were at, hmm. whether it was at a quote unquote trap house, the girlfriend's house or the residence of the main um, participant. Right. And um, I said that it was going to be at the girlfriend's house, right. which was probably the least intuitive one. Um, and they got the uh, search warrant for that area and that house, and they found exactly what they were looking for there, a shitload of guns. Nice, and nice. And I was going to so say, that's, like a, that's a call you like to get because, you know, then, okay, shit, like, you know, three locations, which I, I know for if it was me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me sink my teeth into that one. No one's, you know, there's no one's uh, in immediate risk that I know of. I can just kind of relax and find these guns yeah, and you've you know? got a 33 percent chance you know, yeah exactly you've got a, <laughs> you can feel into that one a little more that, easily yeah that was how i got started with uh, that group of people and there was recently a very big case involving them where it was like uh, you know 20 times that first oh wow case. and this was about uh, over a year ago and uh it started and it ended about four months ago and wow. uh, I got very deeply involved in, in that one with a lot of different aspects. And to make a long story short, and we might want to bleep this out. I'm not sure. Um, in some of the paperwork, to, in order to get some, uh, I forget what they're called. But in order to get some paperwork done when they did the final arrests, the district attorney included a bunch of names yeah. of people and places and stuff like that. It included my fucking name. Oh, man. And so the head guy's attorney got my name. And so the, um, what the fuck? The, the head, the head, uh, agent who I worked with the most in that group called me and says, Oh, you know, buddy, I'm so sorry. Yeah. This is what happened. I was like, you are fucking kidding me my for the rest of my life. Anyway, is... this person and a bunch underneath him are in jail. are going to be in jail for a long time, but yeah. when they come out, they will remember <laughs> they will remember that name. They'll find it's, me. You know, fucked maybe. Up. Hopefully, yeah, not. it's really fucked up. No, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> yeah, leave it to the fuck. Leave it to them to fucking do that. Of course, oops. <laughs> yeah, that was a major, major oops. And I, you know, that's been done for a long time. I haven't worked with them in in months. Yeah, even though I was asked to um, not too long ago. But uh, that's something that's going to hang over me for the rest of my life. And I still think about it. You know, I think about it. It gets me depressed sometimes. I'm like, you know, I'm glad yeah. I don't have a, a big family and kids and stuff because that would make me super worried. Right, um, right. 
well, God willing, like a spell, you know, they'll, by the time they're out, they'll forget. And, you know, I mean, like also you got to think about it. They like won't this. forget. You're not the only one I'm sure that's on that list and they don't oh, know I'm if sure. you are. Yeah. <laughs> but my intuitive abilities will keep me fine. They kept me yeah, fine through totally. those situations and, 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 you know, so, and whenever, you know, my number is called, I'm, right. you know, I'm thankful. I've had a, a, a very spicy life. Yeah. I hear and you. I, I've been blessed to be involved with, you know, different groups like that. So it all depends. Different people will contact me. Um, and just the fact that they contact me blows my mind Yeah, because you know, even five, six years ago, I, I wasn't really a known commodity, even though I'd worked with a variety of different groups. Um, and it's humbling and I feel a great sense of responsibility. And uh, even with that case, yeah, no matter the cost it may have to me in the future, it's worth it because it saved a lot of lives. Undoubtedly yeah. saved a lot of lives um, here and not in the United States. Right. So to be able to do something like that is like, what an honor. What a blessing. That's Last awesome, man. That's, that's really, that's, that's really fucking cool. It's, it's incredible it's, it's, actually it's, you know. it's it's humbling last year i just happened to be and this isn't it doesn't work that way not just happen i happened to be in the right place at the right time to help save the lives of four different people cpr and multiple different ways of saving lives right you and, were in the right place at the right time quote coincidentally unquote yeah. coincidentally yeah and a couple months ago next door they have this um uh, shelter and I go there and I volunteer and do work. And uh, they had me, they said, hey, we need you to come over um, for something. And they had a little party for me and cake and they gave me oh, the certificate. Man. And two of the people that I had saved were there. And, um, you know, I get really emotional when I. Oh, I bet, man. That's a I tremendous, talk, talk what an honor. It. That must yeah. have been so crazy, cool, humbling, like, wow, like. You know, I mean, it's moments like that when you're like, yeah, that's what this is all about. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing here. You know, it's like, I encourage everyone to learn CPR. Yeah. I learned, encourage everyone to um, get Narcan. Narcan is one of these drugs that if someone has an overdose, it'll bring them back to life. Like, like instantly. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of different life-saving techniques and things you can have with you that will save lives. I didn't know CPR, you know, when I was a kid and mm -hmm. I learned it over time and then I've had to relearn it several times. And a yeah. guy was in a wheelchair and a lady was pushing him and he was off the wheelchair on the ground on the sidewalk. And I saw some people across the street coming together. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? I go over there and he's turning blue on the sidewalk. Yeah. I was giving him CPR for like 10 minutes until the ambulance came Yeah, and he never saw me. You know, he was never conscious to see me, but I did it for 10 minutes. And then I found out like, you know, two weeks later that he survived. And then yeah. like literally two weeks ago, he came to my building here and asked the uh, super of the building. And the oh, wow. It's like, who is the guy who's the skinny, bald, tall, <laughs> boy? And uh, so I finally got to meet him. And he was like, you know, I didn't, you know, I never got to see you or thank you or anything, but I thought you were an angel. I had a dream about an angel. Oh, wow. Me. And uh, I was like, no, it's just scrawny, scrawny bald dude. <laughs> scrawny bald head guy from the Bronx. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. But I was exhausted. 
and 10 minutes of CPR felt like it, an hour. Well, that, that's like, I'm sure, man, between the adrenaline and the, you know, the, the little workout that it is and my God. Yeah. That's like, uh, that could be intense. I'm sure. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Shit. Um, One time I was next door as well too. Um, they have like a, a, a luncheon area where people come in and will help people with different stuff or will help translate stuff from English to Spanish or Spanish to English or, you know, be advocates or act as kind of like junior social services people. And one of the guys was in a chair and went boom and fell over. And mm. uh, he was like, Oh my gosh, you know, what, what's the deal? And he stopped breathing. And I was like, does it, do you guys have Narcan here? I didn't have, you know, did yeah. keep Narcan with me? They had Narcan, they ran it into me and the guy wasn't breathing. And mm. with Narcan, you're so they're supposed to be breathing in order for oh. them to nail it. And his hands curled up like this and his eyes are opened. And yeah, he let out this one last breath and it was scary. Holy shit. Breath. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? And I just said, God, please, you know, Jesus, help me find some way to help this yeah. guy. He, the Narcan won't work. And I looked down at his chest and his chest was really like, it was a barrel chested kind of guy. Yeah. And somehow in the moment I got the inspiration to push down on his chest. And as I pushed down on his chest, I put the Narcan to his nose and yeah. then when I let go of the chest, then I hit him with the Narcan and mm. that allowed the first one to get in. And right. he, he came back just a tiny bit, a tiny bit of shallow breathing. And then gave, they gave him enough, gave me another one and I gave it to him. And then uh, he came back to, came back to life. Wow. And, yeah. um, you know, it's very emotional. I'm sure, man. You know, what's crazy is when you, you know, you That's find yourself. Taking... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I it was going to say any intuitive ability to save a life. You know? No, it doesn't. But but it 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 does take some. Well, some. I want. I don't want to call. I don't know what to call it. Guidance, but you know, when you find yourself in that place, you know. I mean, it, you know what happens to me all the time, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down the street in New York City, and I can almost bank on it. And I I, I walk by. <laughs> And it's it's always at that moment when the, the old lady needs help carrying her, you know, <laughs> her 40 pound, either a wheelchair or a walker up mm-hmm. a flight of steps. And I, and, and, and just turns seamlessly as I'm walking by and like, would you help me? And I'm like, of course, I would love to help you, you know, and, and, and I'm like, man, every time this thing's heavy <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm going into, um, you know, a, a walk up with a with a wheelchair, or a walker. Uh, and, and I'm I'm and I know that I'm in the right place at the right time anyway. That's an, it's just another way for the for the universe to it's like a pat pat on the butt for me. It's like way to go way to be in the right place at the right time. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel yeah. like I'm on the right path. So helping them across the street and you're like, gosh, that made me feel good. Yeah. yeah. Happy to do it. Happy to be of service. Yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. It's cool. So, you know, Linda has asked you to, you know, remote view of a, a bunch of things. I brought, I brought up one of them because it was so relevant to this ongoing, um, you know, and seeming seemingly escalating war that's happening in the Ukraine right now. Um, and I, I still find it amazing that a lot of people, I think a lot of people didn't see the invasion coming. And I, and I'm, and I have to say, like, I was influenced by 
a lot of people. And I was like, yeah, or maybe I was just hoping that that they were right and and, and deciding not to think too much about it. But um, I think it's I think it's still pretty incredible that you 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 called it um, what you, and the time frame you did. Um, but you know, Linda has also asked you to um, look into different. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how she she phrased it, but a bunch but, of extraterrestrial stuff, yeah, a bunch of extraterrestrial stuff, right? Um, and and looking into different races uh, of of beings that are influencing actively, kind of influencing the planet. And and Linda has a, I mean, like she's she is so far down this rabbit hole you can't even see her anymore you know like she's yeah. she, she's really dug up details and and found whistleblowers and witnesses and some incredible stuff um if you if if you're into kind of the secret space program and i'm not referring to Corey good and and his his you know his stuff yeah i, I don't have any problem with Corey. I, i'm just uh i just it's really hard for me to imagine him accompanying a soldier anywhere let alone in space you know what i mean he's kind of he's kind of cory good um but 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 i but i do believe that there is a secret space where there's been a secret space program i don't know how secret it is anymore you know they're really kind of uh, trying to reconstruct what um how we understand it so that they can funnel more money into it um hence the space force <laughs> well i don't know how big it is either you know um it's, yeah you know, it's important when you're doing like unverifiable targets, targets that where you can't find out the information with the Ukraine. I mentioned specific locations in the battle order in which they would happen. This attack would be first, you know, the southeast first, the northeast, yeah. and then the um, number three from Crimea would be third. And you can come with specifics and you can have, you know, real specific things on something that's going to happen in the future. And then you can have those proved correct and you can have validation for them. Then right. verifiable on some level, but with things like uh, extraterrestrials and things like that, it's you're not going to get the level of uh, no, verification yeah. that you can with with other events. And it's very easy to look at the information that Linda has. There's all these different races of aliens right. and stuff. Well, you know what? It's really naive not to think that there aren't a bunch of races. I want to share with you an extraordinary communication that I received from a confidential, long-time, trusted military and aerospace source in my career, who is deeply knowledgeable about UFOs and ETs. It came after my February 16th Earth Files YouTube channel broadcast, in which Buddy Bolton in Bronx, New York, remote viewed differences between tall whites and the Nordic type species of other intelligences in our Milky Way galaxy interstellar neighborhood. Quote, I listened to your recent YouTube February 16 show, and I was very intrigued through the whole program. The remote viewer gentleman that you had on really came across on point more than he realized. He had accurately explained the differences between the tall whites and the Nordic-type species, especially when he said, the tall whites look chalky, like chalk. The other facts were also very accurate. 
His description of the Nordics being somewhat more military-like is very factual as well. Linda, one thing about this remote viewer individual. Either he is a truly gifted remote viewer, or he is someone very knowledgeable about things only a few people do know. When we talked about entanglement and communication, he is describing quantum tunneling, an instant communication between vast distances in the universe. This is exactly how we communicate with deep space explorations currently. The aircraft causing most of the atmospheric boom sounds are correct in his analysis. One of the craft is the pumpkin seed and is the test bed vehicle for the next evolutionary stage of satellite kill vehicles. Right. This is a universe suspiciously constructed perfectly for life. Life right. requires energy sources and at the most basic sense, it requires energy sources and some sort of habitat. And the universe is all suns and rocky stuff, planets. And right. it's just energy sources and habitat. And that's all it is. You know, yeah. there's little bits of stuff in, in between. And there's enough space between each one of these habitats for life forms. To, it seems like it's a life machine. Yeah. And life is everywhere across the universe. And it's not only just across the universe in the right now, but there's a, a sense of time smearing, I guess, yeah. um, that happens across space-time. <clears throat> and there's so much life. It is the richest rainforest you can ever imagine. It's beyond our imagination how much life is there. I'm sure. I'm, and for I'm... different life forms to be visiting us and know about us is um, really logical when you think about it. Of course. Well, so this is the thing. <laughs> I have this. My, tat my tattoo artist who is a, a very, he's a good friend of mine and we've grown very close over the years, over the last uh, 20 years. Um, I love him. He's an incredible artist. He's amazing. And he's, he's worked on a lot of different parts of this, of the show with the logo and everything. And I, I love him. He's, he's, he's an incredible guy. His name's Anil Bless Gupta. Um, and uh, oh, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's in the, uh, the East side. Uh, um, Incline studio is the name of his, if you want to check out his, incredible portfolio inclinestudio.com but um anyway he he's a he he's a he's a realist i mean like but he's a materialist he's he's you know and he's a, he's like a he's an artist but he's also huge into scientist and his memory is off the charts so you know whenever i have a discussion with him the biggest hang up he has is is you know newtonian physics and the fact that you know there's no way that any any space-faring civilization in his mind could get here because in order they'd have to leave you know in his mind even traveling at light speed you know well, he's making some wild assumptions he's making an assumption that he understands future physics and even if you look at physics that we understand like the alcubierre space drive and alcubierre space drive is something that we can even conceive of compressing space-time in front of a craft and expanding it behind a craft Right. And we know about dark energy. Dark energy is space expanding. So you could just have the expanding behind the craft. Either one of those would work. You don't have to do them together. And that um, that doesn't, you don't, yeah, time then you're not, light speed right. doesn't matter. Um, and that's just in the conception of what humans can conceive now. Um, right. there, there's all sorts of different ways. And plus, they don't have to be traveling from other galaxies. No. 
they they could be and there's a lot of valid reasons to think they could even have evolved some of them in our solar system totally um, i mean people say that venus was very much like earth at one point and mars was very much like earth but then they right. lost their magnetosphere they lost their water they lost their atmosphere they, yeah yeah they lost their life and um the earth might be going through that same process now our magnetosphere is fluctuating and it's no longer like a perfect bar yeah. magnet and uh and and time is <laughs> and it's funny because you know it's uh we have i mean if if you were to go through the i mean first of all if you had access to the non published patents that have been made uh and then even even access to the public patents the the patents that have been made public over the past five and ten years, the anti gravity patents and all these different things, you you would see just how far along we really are with this technology, much much farther than I think most people imagine. Now, if you're like me and you've been following along with like you know Bob Lazar and and Dr. Greer, Stephen Greer, and yeah. and and some of these people who who you know, it for us this is a it's it's common knowledge it's 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 like you know to say that we don't have that the united states maybe not the government per se but the military industrial complex that is united states based absolutely un undoubtedly has an array of space faring vehicles and they've had them some of them for over 50 years you know they and where did they find them they 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 replicated them from from downed craft reverse engineer and reverse if, you, engineer, if you don't yeah. if you don't believe in the fact that we've reverse engineered or found craft just think about this the stealth fighter looks so badass yeah. and so futuristic and the stealth bomber but really a stealth fighter and i mean it is so badass it deflects radar it's it creates a radar signature of a, mm -hmm. of a bird as mm -hmm. opposed to a whole plane and that craft was built 50 years ago the half blue project started like 55 years ago. So you, and it, it was introduced, I think it, it's, it was, it's working models were working for the US 40 years ago. Yeah. So just imagine the SR-71 Blackbird was before that. And the SR-71 Blackbird was right. flying it, you know, they won't even still admit, you know, it's cruising top high altitude. That's uh, right. About 80,000 feet. And, I mean, and and it's like, where did the technology, you know, were they always sitting on it? Where did they come from? You know, I mean, just think it's not even my God, man. It was, when did the we all we get, yeah. When did we all get plumbing and, and electricity? It wasn't that long ago. Right. <laughs> so how do we go from there to here? You know, like, come on. It's like, why would evolution suddenly um, you know, and, and specifically techno technological evolution, why would it suddenly go from, oh, okay, for, for 50,000 years, we've lived in tribes building fires to all of a sudden, oh, let's look, electricity, <laughs> space, let's, let's fly. You know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but obviously we don't know nearly enough about our true origin and our history and our time here and all the different um, I, you know, I, I'm one to believe that this is not humanity's first go at this. <laughs> and I think there's a, you know, the more evidence that we find, the, the, the more we calm down as a society and stop doing things like invading other countries and start actually 
focusing on um, ourselves, you know, and, and improving our quality of life by cleaning up this planet, cleaning up ourselves, yeah. you know, um, the, the more we're going to discover and the more contact, open contact we're going to have and, and make, because right now, you know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> would you want to park your, your, your ship on a planet full of monkeys with guns? You know, I mean, like, right. you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't. If we, if we, you know, so much of our society is focused, we use an incredibly powerful, mass media to do the most inane yeah. stupid things if we use the power of mass media to educate us and we had science as a priority and all these different things we would find out things that blow our mind they don't have to be as uh, yeah linear as sometimes we think um i've worked with um different locations and groups at areas of uh let's say phenomena and these have been areas that the government has been involved in mm-hmm. and stuff happens that um, you really can't even put into conventional physics. Yeah, that there's something. There's a a bunch, several new levels of physics that we just haven't completely understood yet. And there's also a very strong indication that the human mind interacts with our universe in ways that we <clears throat> had no freaking idea. That's right. Was possible, and not just the human mind or consciousness, but all life forms interact with this universe in ways you know it's not a static stagnant universe and we're separate no we're intimately involved like a tapestry you know it's um that's right and and look quantum physics just look at the biggest breakthroughs in the last well it's over 100 years now but in the last 100 years with quantum physics just look at the the milestone experiments that and and that came out and they will, and they will show you that there there is hard evidence to mm-hmm. to back up what what we're talking about, what Buddy just said. And it's fascinating too. And I've spoken with quite a few scientists who say things like, "Our universe is suspiciously um, constructed, not just mm-hmm. for life, but right. like a zoo, there are barriers." Um, at the quantum level, if you go down smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, um, you get to a point where there's something called the uncertainty principle, which means you can no longer tell exactly where and at what speed um, a subatomic particle is moving. Hmm. You, cannot, you cannot determine certain aspects of what it's going to do, and it's, it seems very arbitrary. It's almost as if it's one of those moats in a zoo that prevents you know, a zoo animal from crossing it. Because if we knew the paths of every tiny subatomic particle, we could have insane predictions about the future. Hmm. If we could calculate, you know, and we're, we're getting very advanced in terms of computers. So if we could calculate every single tiny element in a system, we can predict the future with a stunning accuracy. And so to have a block off point, an arbitrary point of a block off, like the uncertainty principle, um, it's almost like it's a fail safe. Know, yeah. Yeah. It's like a suspicious little wall for the you know zoo humans not to be able to pass. <laughs> At least not yet anyway, you know, not yet. Yeah. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> but you know, a there's of, a, there's a lot, a lot of, of, and li, li, go ahead, go ahead. What were you going to say? There's a lot of science to say that we're in some sort of a simulated universe. The tops, you know, quantum physicists, the quantum research Institute and on mm-hmm. and on and on uh, Thomas Campbell, incredible physicist talks mm-hmm. about all these ways that our universe um, 
is indicative of a simulation of some kind. Yeah. And, um, you know, what does it matter? It doesn't necessarily matter. It could have all the same consequences of our universe. If you think that, you know, there's a heaven and, you know, yeah, we can transcend. Maybe if we're in some sort of simulation, they're testing life forms to see if life forms are good enough to transcend to the real universe where everything is even yeah. more precious, you know? Yeah, um, yeah but, you know, but all these possibilities. All these possibilities. Um, but but I think that the 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 most mind blowing um, thing about it is is just the, the the fact that we're coming into a greater understanding now um, in this year. And I and you know I that's why I, I always one of the one of the slogans or whatever the hell you call it that I had for the show. Um, and, and one of these days we're gonna we're gonna we're going to get our, our stuff right and do some merchandising. But I, I said, you know, our slogan should be evolution goes one way because it's true. You know, th- I mean, I know about the theory uh, and I mean, it's not a theory, it's, it's astronomy, but <laughs> you know how we're, we're, we're going around and, you know, we're entering now the, the age of Aquarius and how we've gone on this incredible journey across the, the, the galaxy. And, uh, and they, and you would probably know more about this than me, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, there's a, there's a period where um, there's, it's like not, not a devolving, but it's a, it's a pretty stagnant period. And then when they come, when there's this, when it comes around, then, it, then it's a, you know, now we're in the golden age, apparently the age of Aquarius. And so great things are supposed to happen. You know, obviously things are going to have to change for great things to happen, which is what's happening now. And I think that started really in 2020 hardcore. Um, um, But I I do believe that, you know, evolution is inevitable and that, you know, every, everything that we're experiencing um, is inevitably for a greater good. It's for a, a higher evolution. I don't know what I don't your know thoughts if it's necessarily about. always, you know, I'd like to believe it's always for a greater good, but I believe that it's, it's interactive in a way that we can control that, you know, as time passes and um, we, we've clicked into this zone humans have where we've done something very special and that we're able to, for the first time, unlike any other previous life form on the planet, save knowledge so that the next generation can take that knowledge and build upon it. And if we didn't have that ability, we would be just like any of the other past life forms, constantly relearning the same experience over and over and over. And now that we're able to basically enter into a technological age, things are going to continue to start advancing at this super hyper speed level. And the technology is growing faster than we can keep up with it spiritually even. And you can't go backwards from now. You know, these things are going to keep building and knowledge is going to keep growing exponentially. And um, our computing ability is growing exponentially. And yeah. just versus, you know, 100 years ago, you know, we said the last time you and I spoke how um, they thought all this stuff was paranormal phenomena and they discovered it was the electromagnetic field. Right. And now 200 years later, we couldn't, um, it's everywhere. We use it for everything. We couldn't right. imagine existing without the electromagnetic field. Um, so who knows what we're discovering now that, um, yeah, will be so revolutionary and transformative that we couldn't even imagine it. Um, yeah, now, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I <laughs> in the future, I'm been lucky enough. You know, when you're dealing with edge science, yeah, fringe science, 
Uh, phenomena oftentimes represents future science. Mm. Um, there's a bunch of examples of this throughout history. And right now, there's a bunch of things in terms of phenomena. And phenomena is exciting because it's a mystery. We're on the yeah. edge of understanding. Um, and I've been really lucky to be a part of um, different uh, groups and research groups and scientists working else. You, you know where I'm talking about, one yeah. of the locations. And um, the stuff that I've experienced there over the past four years has been just completely rewritten my understanding of the universe. Completely yeah. rewritten my understanding of understanding. <laughs> um, things that I didn't think were even conceivably possible um, are possible. And wow. so much of this springs forth from the mind. I think the mind has a very strong, powerful role in all of this stuff. That is hard to um, it's hard to quantify because we don't understand it. We don't fully understand it right now. So some of the stuff you saw, was it, would you call it extra dimensional? Would you call it um, extraterrestrial? Is, is, is there a classification you would give to it? And what was the most kind of, um, you know, intense interaction without, um, you know, putting, getting into any trouble or getting too specific? Well, how would you, would you be able to share a little bit about that? Um, there has been, well, I was asked to predict if something would happen or when something would happen. Right. Something uh, like um, a, a craft, let's say, and was able to do those things. But still, you don't even know what the craft is. Right. And these aren't like orbital level craft. These are like below cloud level craft. These are like, you know, a thousand feet away kind of things. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't understand it. And there's other phenomena that... Um, I just don't understand either. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff going on there. A lot of stuff going on. And there's a, quite a few of these different places. And most people only know about a couple of them, but there's quite a few of them. And um, there's a guy named John Hutchinson. And you can go online and check out a bunch of videos. And this guy um, could use his mind. And he had a bunch of equipment packed into this tiny little apartment, military surplus equipment that could hit all these different frequencies. and he could bend and melt metals at a level that, you know, is wow. just absolutely staggering. Levitate objects. Um, all sorts of phenomena was, was happening. And uh, just some of his work alone is indicative of how pliable hmm. and flexible our universe is in ways that we never even suspected. And past in the East, uh, in Eastern traditions, they've talked about these things. Yeah. They've talked about things called tulpas in Buddhist. Um, That's right. In Buddhist lore. And tulpas are little beings that can be created from your mind. Hmm. And they can take a whole bunch of different forms. They've, they speak about being able to bend stone, melt stone, um, make things and places illuminate. Yeah, all sorts of weird dancing light shows that may have nothing to do with extraterrestrials. And there's all these phenomena that are real, that they're very rarefied and can only be experienced under the right conditions. But mm -hmm. these are real. And this is the stuff. This is the edges. This is the science of the future. Yeah. An understanding of these things, the permeability and the malleability of our universe um, is where the future really lies for a lot of the science. 
you know, when your friend says, who depends on Newtonian physics, or how can they get here from light years away? Well, they're not traveling light years. That takes no, they're not. It's impossible to get here that way. There's other ways of, of course. doing things that may be beyond. They're trans-dimensional. I said, I, I, he was like, yeah, but prove it. I'm like, I can't <laughs> I was like, I can't prove it. I would, yeah. I mean, like, but, but of course, they're transdimensional. They have to be transdimensional. I was like, they, there's no way they could, because there's no way they could get here, and they're here. I mean, the, the even the Pentagon has, you know, they did it in the middle of the pandemic, but they 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 admitted to the New York Times that they have recovered down spacecraft. Now, yeah. why would look? I'm not saying we should trust what the Pentagon says. Obviously, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. There's a reason they're leaking these truths and it's for their own agenda, of course, but, but they're still leaking the, you know, they're, they're not lying when they say they've recovered down craft. We all know they, I mean, not we all, I shouldn't say we all, but most of us know they've recovered down craft. It's not, you know, that it's amazing how, how much a society can be influenced when it's taught something from birth, when it's taught, you know, to be true from birth and, most people walking around today are, are a product of a misinformation and smear campaign about extraterrestrials and UFOs. Um, and so there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah okay, you're, you're crazy. No, yeah, we, no you've been safer. conditioned to think that, you know. It's so much more comfortable to live in this little safety bubble where you really think you understand the universe. Yeah. You know, it's easier to open your door in the morning and walk outside and go get your coffee and and not think about how little you really know um <laughs> I know. Yeah. and it's actually pretty pretty exhilarating to get the truth and yeah. uh for example there's a guy out of canada named victor vigiani who is a researcher who uh, filed a bunch of foia requests freedom of information Act right. requests. and in one of his requests he accidentally got given more than he had asked for um information from NORAD, the, the National Aero. Oh, cool. And the NORAD information talked about how many a year, and this was from 20 years ago, how many a year we had known tracks, tracks of interest, and intercepted tracks. So these are objects that came into the atmosphere from outer space. Yeah. And which, you know, of course, are like meteorites and things, but you don't intercept tracks. Right. And NORAD has three different uh, air bases where they scramble jets to go intercept objects that can be intercepted. Right. Um, you can't intercept a meteorite no. or a meteor. Um, they're intercepting craft. Of and, course. Um, the numbers were stunning. And you can go online and find this document, and it's a real document. It's not faked. Uh, I'm sure someone out there will say, oh, the government faked it and gave, you know, whatever. Um, the amount of this information out there is mind-boggling. And it totally. shouldn't make it should make us exhilarated like wow there's so much to learn still totally. you know there's a there's a you know it, it'll light up the minds of our kids with the fact that you know science is just at the tip of the iceberg we've just begun right know? our human oh, minds yeah. are like an iceberg you only see a tiny bit of it on the top but there's so much more stuff going on underneath the surface you know my god yeah i mean especially when you get under the surface of the societal conditioning and the the amount of lame brain ideas that we're taught to believe as truths <laughs> you know i mean there's we're, we have so many quote laws you know even in science even in you know i mean when something is supposed to be a law then that means that there are no 
exceptions, right? I mean, speaking about, um, you know, the quote laws of physics. Okay. You know, if the laws of physics were really laws, then we wouldn't have so many, you know, instances of them being broken, would we? I mean, if they were truly laws, um, and I'm not knocking physics or laws, I think they're both great. I just think that we have this notion that, that, you know, I mean, like, how do you explain when, when that mom without a thought lifts that car off that, off that child that it's rolled onto? How do you explain that? Physical strength is that tapping into some super adrenaline or is that psychokinesis? Um, There's all sorts of different possibilities and there's ways to experiment and to find out the difference. And there's people doing the experiments now. And I've been blessed to be a part of a little bit of some stuff, but it's awesome. um, It's um, a glorious, glorious age we're in my friend found. It is. And I want to help you expand and explore your abilities more and more. And you'll start having more phenomena and weird things happen. And, not just stuff like synchronicities, but weird, weird stuff happen. And um, you start to realize how exciting the universe is. And you yeah. become more and more childlike with a sense of exhilaration and the sense of wonder. And as adults, we, out of necessity, kind of lose that sense of wonder about the universe and yeah. its mysteries and all these things. And it's just as a mysterious universe as it was when we were kids. We're the ones who've changed. The universe hasn't. The universe still is just as mysterious. Um Absolutely. I'm, I, would, I would I'd love to, to learn. I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer because, um, you know, it's something that I've always been excited about and then I'm, 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 I love reading about and I love trying, you know, trying new to, things. So um, absolutely. I'd love to, we could stop this whenever you're, you're ready, but um, I'd like to start schedule something with you this week, schedule yeah. like a half hour session. That'd just be to cool, start man. with you on a couple of things, give you some tips and then we'll actually do a few things. Okay. And um, it'd be nice to do that once a week. Yeah. No, that'd be, that'd be perfect. No no fee thing, no charge thing. You can record it and keep it for yourself and then share it with people over time. Okay. Um, Keep it as private as you'd like it to be. But um, you know, this information and stuff that I've learned, I think it's useless if it's not shared. And I've learned stuff from other people who shared it, you know, from Ingo Swan and other practitioners. And if it's not passed on to people who have passion for it, like, like you and I do, um, it's, it's useless. It just, it's only a story unless it's spread I agree. And, uh, and, and shared. And, um, like, uh, you know, not that I expect everyone to be, you know, trying to do, you know, right. for, you know, bad guys or lost kids or something, but, um, uh, the, it's value, you know, is it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like how it used to be. These sa- these are sacred arts that are passed. That's right. Person to it, person and they grow over time. It's understanding. It, 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 it's like if you're uh, a, a leopard and, and you've, you, you know, you've, you've only been taught to stalk prey on the ground, then you're never going to experience, you know, the full, you know, all your spots, so to speak, you're never going to, because leopards can hunt, you know, not just on the ground, but they can get, they can ambush from trees that they're incredible climbers. They have all these abilities that make them the leopard. They're the most diverse cat on the big cat on the planet. You can find them everywhere. And that's because they know how to hunt from every place. But if you, if a leopard only learns to hunt from the ground, then it's not going to experience, you know, it, it may not survive like, like it could. Right. And I think that these abilities that we have, they have to be fought at some point 
we, you know, we have to start fostering them and teaching them. And I, and I agree with you, you know, I think it's a, it, because it, it puts us in touch with our true nature. And that is uh, a, 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 that is a much more heart centered place than this world we're living in. And if everyone starts to um, come more into that kind of alignment, then, then this planet will transform how we do. Everything will transform um, in a way that is, a lot, you know, less sufferable than it is right now. We wouldn't have these country. I mean, like, what are we doing? Our best Cold War uh, impression right now? It's 2022, and look what's happening. Over what? Out of control governments. No one wants this war. No one. No one wants this we're like war. Automa- we're like automatons. We are birthed into this world, and we're not taught a lot of basic things just about our bodies. I've yeah. learned with my Muse device how to raise and lower all sorts of different brain waves. I can spike any brain wave on command. I've learned how to lower my heart rate and things like that are really valuable things for everybody. Even if you have no metaphysical beliefs to learn how to control your heart rate is a very powerful thing. Uh, to learn how to control different brain waves is a very powerful thing in terms of helping you with your life. Um, and you can spike the creative waves when you're, you're out of ideas and you're in the middle of a work project or trying to solve a problem. If you know how to spike those brain waves, you can give yourself all sorts of new options. Even in the most fundamental way like that, yeah. even the greatest skeptic can understand that. Um, then you take that same notion and you go a couple steps further uh, into the esoteric and you know you can really start understanding life. And, and, and it's, it's exciting. There's a mystery there. And it's totally. that childlike exhilaration that you were talking about the last time we spoke that I, I just can't agree with more. Yeah. Um, I've got to go do two readings now. In about uh, twenty minutes, so you I got want to it, do, bro. do some yoga and stretch, and then, um, uh, buddy, I got a, I got a feeling that um, we're gonna talk again. Um, well, I know me and you are gonna talk again, but but for everyone listening at home <laughs> and on the car, uh, you know, on the move, whatever, uh, I, I I'm feeling that we're we're gonna have we're, we'll have to have another discussion because um, there's there's still lots of fun stuff to talk about and and. I appreciate your time so much. I'll be in touch, buddy, so that you and I can set something up. And uh, I'm so glad that we got to kind of uh, go into a second chapter in, in some of these discussions that we're having. It's such a pleasure. And, you know, we should do some live demos. I think that would help people to experience it and see things, um, you know. Uh, I'm down. Um, and uh, I love the idea of going live. That's a great way to kind of keep it uh, real for people and have them be there, you know, whatever happens. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it, buddy. You the man. I appreciate your time, bro. Bless you, Faust. Thank you so much for your time and your, your, you got it. Bless you, brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you.